Thank you for joining me, Katie Feeney, for my Sing My Soul podcast, a time to connect to your soul and hear the song that's within you. On Tuesdays, I tell stories from my memoir, Three Fingers Cove. Actually, the Three Fingers Cove project began with just the first few chapters, with the idea of creating a children's book. Then, as I developed it and continued to follow the stories of my life, it evolved into a memoir. My hope is that by accompanying me on the journey through these stories, you'll find your own moments and know that grace accompanies you too. Today's chapter is called The Awakening. Although I could probably continue the stormy weather chapter a few more weeks at least, I'd rather not. I think those stories might fit better if I ever do a printed version. Today's stories mark a brand new chapter of life at Three Fingers Cove. It was one of those days in life where everything counts from before that day and after that day. My mother woke us up early one Sunday morning to go to church at a Franciscan retreat house in a neighboring town. Going to church on Sunday was nothing new. We went every Sunday to Mass at our parish. But driving 20 minutes to a retreat house for Mass was definitely different. Apparently, someone had told my mother, don't go there. So, the next Sunday, we were on our way. As we got closer, we could see the tall tower of the chapel on top of a mountain. The driveway was half mile up. The sprawling building was built out of red brick, with the tower built in Italian village style. It was beautiful. We walked into the back of the filled church, and the only seats empty were the back row. Even in the back, we weren't too far away, because the church was kind of in the round, with monastery-like stalls on either side of the center altar and the pews in the back. The music started, and it was like a light turned on in my soul. I felt connected to heaven and earth. I can still tell you what songs we sang, who preached, what he said, and who was there that day. Life was never the same again. It wasn't long before our family became actively involved in the community at Christ House, the name of the retreat house. The prayer and the community relationships gave my mother a peace that she hadn't had before. Because there were many others like us that enjoyed hanging out after Mass, my mother began what she called Coffee End. She would bring and make the coffee, and others would bring something to share after Mass. Sometimes the Coffee End continued at our house for the whole afternoon at the lake. We had such a great place, my parents wanted to share it. Many a Sunday, we would have 50 to 100 people all over our lawn on blankets, swimming, skiing, or touring the lake by boat. We were blessed 
that our house became a home away from home for the friars, the Franciscan priests and brothers. Many summer days we hosted groups for dinner, fishing, swimming, skiing. A sister from New York City who ran an orphanage made a retreat at Christ House, and my mother opened up our house to groups to come out for the day. The world vision of these men and women and the ministries in which they worked expanded my concept of the world. Their love of God was contagious, and the stories of St. Francis and his radical love of the Lord began to form who I was and set the course for my life. It was one of those beautiful winter days on the lake. It was cold, blue skies overhead, the ice was thick and strong, and we were all out skating after school. My mother started to tell my sister and I about something that happened at the prayer meeting the night before. As we stood there on the ice behind our house, she explained that Father Justin had taught everyone about the gifts of the Spirit. The Bible talks about the early church and the gifts of the Spirit, but Father Justin said we could still experience these gifts in this day and age. There was a charismatic renewal in the church. I could tell that my mother was struggling with this idea, unsure of what to make of it. After she finished telling us, I remember skating away, thinking, well, that makes sense to me. If God were going to do something, why would he only do it back then? Wouldn't he want us to have the gifts now, too? My mother did become involved in the charismatic renewal and was baptized in the Spirit. She experienced a peace she had not had before, and it changed everything for our family. She would leave spiritual books around the house and pack them in my father's suitcase when he was traveling for work. One book I picked up to read was Pat Boone's A New Song about his journey in faith. In the book, he tells the story of how his wife, Shirley, was baptized in the Spirit at home while praying. I read that and thought, Tonight, I'm going to ask God to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Later, I went to bed and started to pray. I told God that I loved him, thanked him for loving me. I felt a fire from the tip of my head to the tip of my toes, going up and down. I prayed in tongues and praised for a long while. Among other gifts I received that night, I count one as most precious. I can never deny the very real experience of the presence of God. There are times when I might feel distant from God, but I know it's because I've turned, not God. Those books my mother packed in his suitcase had the desired effect. My father was baptized in the Holy Spirit, too, and he had a great gift of praying, opening the Bible, and finding a word from God. 
another effect of the Holy Spirit was that he no longer played 36 holes of golf on each day of the weekend. He was an A-flight champion of our golf club, and he loved the game. His absences, though, on weekends, had been the source of many an argument with my mother. Of course, he didn't give up the game entirely, but he cut down to only one round of golf in a day, and a lot less time at the 19th hole, the clubhouse, and he would come home quicker. There was a balance in life that had not been there before. In addition to the prayer group at Christ House that my mother went to, there was another prayer group that met on Friday nights at a different Franciscan monastery. I started to attend that meeting and started to play guitar with the music ministry there. Before the prayer meeting, we would gather for Mass in the marble chapel. After communion, everyone would begin praying and singing in tongues. It was the most beautiful music I've ever heard. Yet no one was setting a particular key or telling the approximately 200 people there what notes to sing. Somehow, though, it was completely harmonious. The music was as if someone was conducting, but we all had our eyes closed. The sound would echo off the marble walls of the chapel and add even more depth and richness to the symphony. Then, abruptly and suddenly, the music would stop. There would be complete and deep silence. And that, too, was a beautiful part of the music. Daily Sancti Spiritus
Thank you for joining me for this episode of my Sing My Soul podcast. Check out my website at katiefeeney.com for links to my album that's streamed for free at SoundCloud, my meditation app in the Apple Store, and my Patreon page, the way you can help support the podcast. God bless you and your families.